Hi, and welcome back to our study in week three of spiritual warfare. In this next section, I'll be leading us as we consider how God has called us, his people, to be in the world, but not of it. How can you and I begin to fight the lie that has captured the whole world? The answer is with truth. Okay, so get ready. I'm about to fire a shotgun blast of Bible verses at you. Are you ready? In James 4, verse 4, we're taught that the love of the world is enmity with God. So really, at the core of what the world is doing in its battle is, is a battle for our heart's allegiance. Will we serve dead idols or the living God? Will we give ourselves to creation or to the Creator? But doesn't John 3.16 teach us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son? Now, what is that referring to? Is this world the world order? Well, no, clearly, because the world order is what is at enmity with God. Is it the entire creation, the cosmos in a general sense? It could possibly be some sense of that. But I think the most specific way to answer that question is that the world is the people in the world. You see, Romans 5, 8 says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So, as Jesus is about to be crucified, Pontius Pilate asks him about his kingdom in John 18, 36. And Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. Galatians 1, 4, the Apostle Paul talks about how Christ gave himself to deliver us from the this present evil age. And in Colossians 1.13, something similar, that we are delivered from the domain of darkness and transferred to the kingdom of Christ. In fact, Jesus prays for us in John chapter 17, starting in verse 14. He says, I have given them, that is us, your word, the Father's word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. What does this mean for you and I who are trusting in Christ? What does it mean to be in the world, but not of it? Well, Jesus goes on in his prayer in verse 17. He asks the Father to sanctify us in the truth. He says, your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. The Father sent his son Jesus into the world on a mission to rescue, to redeem, to be the representative of heaven, and to be our substitute. Just as the Father sent Jesus, now Jesus also sends us. We are called to be ambassadors of God's love to the world, to show the world a king, that the king that we serve is the one most worthy of everything that we have. Romans 12.2 helps us to know what that looks like, that we're not to be conformed to the pattern of the world, but to be transformed by the renewal of our minds. This is an opportunity for you and I to check our hearts. Who or what has your allegiance. Whom do you serve? Whom do you seek to represent 
in your daily life. Jesus issues a high call in Mark 8.35. He, he says to those who would want to follow him that if they are to do that, we're to give up our life in order to save it. Now that's pretty extreme. Jesus calls for a whole life devotion. And he goes on to say in the next verse that we profit nothing, even if we gain the whole world, but lose our soul. In Luke chapter 14, verse 26, um, this, this call is, the, the stakes are raised even more. Uh, Jesus says this, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Now, in this passage, Jesus, Jesus isn't actually calling us to hate people. It's hyperbole. It's to make the point that God must be first in our hearts by a long shot, that our love for even the closest people in our families doesn't even come close. In Matthew 5, Jesus ups the game even more. And says, you're not only to love those who love you, but to love your enemies and pray for them. This is actually what Jesus himself did. Think about it. The whole world is at enmity with God. And yet God sent his son to die the brutal death of the cross to redeem us from out of the world. So that we could be free from the devil's lies. So that we could be free from guilt and sin, free from death itself, which is the killer of all worldly hopes. And why? Because he loved us. If we have been so loved by God, brother and sister in Christ, how much more ought we to love and serve our neighbors for their good? How much more should we love one another who together have been brought into the family of God and will live forever in his presence. We can even love and pray for our enemies. You can show people a better way. There is a better way. God can actually use you to set others free from the lies that have ensnared them. But if you're like me, this is a huge struggle for you. It doesn't come naturally, but it can come supernaturally as God works in our hearts, as he helps us to live as who we really are, people who have been set free, truly free. So friend, look to Jesus. You don't belong to this world system anymore. You've been given a permanent and everlasting home in God's kingdom. So let's seek his grace as we truly embrace that reality and shine the light of his glory into a very dark world.